0: number two of the bill michaels show we got a good hour coming up i'll tell you why we got aaron sims the voice of the milwaukee admirals coming up here in about 15 minutes we're going to talk with him and they are streaking they have now won 15 straight 15 straight so we're going to talk with aaron about how they're getting it done and the excitement around the milwaukee admirals hockey team and then at the bottom of the hour the coach from Super Bowl 35, Brian Billick is going to join us. He was the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens when they won it, so uh, we're going to get his take on the Super Bowl, the way it went down, and uh, we'll get we'll kind of pick his brain on some of the things around the National Football League. And obviously, he's being brought to you by our friends at Signal Relief, so we appreciate that as well. So, um, you know, a lot of stuff to get to this particular hour. Badgers get a win last night. How impressive was that win last night? Grant, did you watch that game? Uh, The Badgers win?
1: Yeah. It was impressive in that we finally saw them do the things that they need to do, and those are the things they haven't been doing the last week or so. Yes. I'm not going to complain because they got back, they ended the losing streak, and they won a conference game. I'm still a little underwhelmed. I need to see it a couple more times. I need to see more of what we saw before
0: this losing streak, but a good first step. It was a good first step, um, which I agree. Um, last night for the uh, for the Badgers, still they ended up with twelve turnovers, and um, they only forced Ohio State. It was I think Ohio State had single digit turnovers. Still too many turnovers. Um, but when they did turn the ball over, the hustle side of things is what kind of drew my attention. So. It wasn't a great performance, but you take it. it you know, an eight point win. Uh, I'm I'm okay with. You know, Ohio State's not a great basketball team by any stretch of the imagination. Um, they're four and ten in conference. They've been getting beat up on, but uh, the Badgers put it this way: I'm not going to fault the Badgers for doing what it is they needed to do. They didn't do it with style points, but they were they were pretty good. And uh, the only thing that concerns me is the fact that they still turned the ball over to double digits. And you can't do that and consistently win. But beyond that I thought, you know what? Um, it was solid. It was solid. Uh you although man, they only shot thirty three percent beyond the arc. Man, that's that's still oof, Seven of twenty one. There was a lot of bang last night. And you figure it, especially at home, you'd be better. And only seven of twenty one beyond the arc last night. But uh 877 867 But a win's a win. You take it. You move on. You kind of feel good about yourself again. Maybe you gain a little confidence as you start to climb that ladder all over again. Marquette got another win last night. Kudos to them. Uh like I had mentioned, uh, the Admirals. We'll talk with Aaron Sims, the voice of the Milwaukee Admirals coming up here in about 10 minutes. Stay tuned for that. Uh going back to the uh going back to the NFL, and uh this is from Mark. Mark uh Mark says how in the world can people expect Jordan Love to be the top quarterback ascending to a Super Bowl next year? Uh, what are people thinking? I think a lot of people are watching the way he played the last seven games. Now, again, and when we had him sitting in front of us, even you know, look, seven games, an opening season, ascending the right direction. 100% agree with you. But now you got to do it for a full season. You know, you gotta, you gotta get the double-digit wins. You gotta. You know, vie for the top spot in your division. You want to win your division, get that, get that playoff home game. I think there's a lot of. I think there's a lot of optimism, and rightfully so, but my optimism is cautiously guarded. Only for the fact that I we, we know how hard it is. Once you know the NFL, much like baseball, once they you go through the the league or what have you one time then everybody gets a book on you and now they're kind of like okay now i know what your tendencies are now we know that if you can't adjust to what we're adjusting to then we've got you so now we see you know now you're going to get a lot of defensive coordinators that are going to be on the docket for the green bay packers in the upcoming season they're going to say okay what does he like to do how many times does he pat the football you know does he does he like to run if you get him in a particular direction is he not nearly as strong you know does he not see the field does he is he not good at something can we disguise something who fooled him this year and why you know all that kind of stuff so that's that's where you uh, that's where you go um james says whereas rodgers had absolutely nothing to work with in the 2022 23 season i would disagree i would disagree i would say rodgers had a lot of the similar factors to work with, but chose not to work with them. And here's the other thing to remember. When you say Rodgers didn't have guys to work with, he had his guys to work with. He had Alan Lazard, Romeo Dobbs. He had Big Dog. He had Randall Cobb. Those are the guys he wanted. He still had Aaron Jones. He still had A.J. Dillon. He still had a decent offensive line. Yes, he did, but there were so many times that, you know, he wanted guys to be on his level, and this is what I talked about, and I said it blatantly during that season. I said, if you, you cannot say other people do the work and then I will capitalize on other people's work. You can't do that. James says they're all washed-up players. I, I can agree with that but those are the guys he wanted. What about the year prior to that? The year prior to that, it was, you know, I can go back. You can look at the all 22. You, know, you got Alan Lazard running with his arm up wide open over the middle. And San Francisco knew that he, he was not going to throw to him. He was going to throw to Devonte Adams, period, end of story. He dictated that. He became predictable. Rather than just this year. There, Grant. Where did we? Where did you find that that compilation of Jordan Love that we watched when we got to Vegas? Oh, just YouTube highlights. Yeah, yeah, just on YouTube. Just Jordan Love complete okay. season highlights. There's just Jordan Love highlights. Okay, go watch it. I, I encourage you to go watch it because it's just him operating the offense, running the offense the way it was supposed to be. James says because Roger saw how pathetic things were. I no. If they were pathetic, then why did this team end up with nine wins and in the postseason and beat the Cowboys and damn near beat the 49ers? Rodgers didn't do that with the same guys. right? And put it this way, after they got rid of the veterans, the guys that were the confidants, the guys that knew it, the guys that have been there done that, they got better. I can argue with you all day long. The final season that Rodgers was here, as much as I wanted to see them make the, you know, make a Super Bowl, Um, I, I would say a lot of that was on the quarterback and I don't think they have the same level of success this year. If the quarterback was here, if Aaron Rodgers was under center, because somewhere along the line, the attitude changed where Rodgers wanted to work with you to lift you up. And instead he put himself eventually on a pedestal where he said, you got to climb up to me. You got to get on my level you got to notice when i tug my shirt or tap my helmet or wink an eye or or pat my thigh pad you you got to notice that so you know i can go through instance after instance but i and again aaron rodgers i think technically one of the best quarterbacks i've ever seen if not the best but i've said it before i'll say it again aaron rodgers was his own worst enemy it 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 it's just that that's the case I mean, the year they lost to San Francisco, they didn't lose because of the defense. Special teams, they gave it up, yes, but the offense stunk. Holding onto the football, waiting for your guy to get open instead of just running the offense. You saw what it looked like this year. It didn't need to be these laser passes that were you know, shot into a small window. It was just throw the ball to where the guy's supposed to be and let the guy get there, and eventually they did. Aaron Rodgers always had the right
1: idea with Lewis and Lazard and all those guys because he's like the locker room culture needs to be there and we need to be close knit. Right, and we need to be, and that's true. But you also need as good a players as possible. And you know what creates good culture, Bill? Just winning and playing really right. well. Like if you play really well and you're winning and you're succeeding, the culture will just kind of naturally happen. That's kind of how culture yeah. works. You need to win first. That creates the culture.
0: Um. Yeah, no, I I 100% agree. I I and again, I, you don't realize what it is until it's gone. And I really thought this was going to be a year of struggles. This was going to be a year of bad. I thought, oh man, this is this is just not gonna. You know, I thought seven wins, maybe eight if he got lucky. They ended up with nine, ten wins because of what they did in the postseason, obviously. But and and I was I'm unbelievably impressed. I've already talked about that, but. Rodgers last year, the you know hurting of the thumb. I go back to this, I, and, and this was, and then I'll I'll move on. Go back to the game in London, when you could tell that the head coach was stressed. He he was snippy during his week of press conferences leading up to them leaving for London, and this is a work this is a work trip. We're not going to be out partying. We're not going to be out running around. This is a work trip. We have to focus on the Giants. This is a work trip. And then everybody ran down the hall. And they said, hey, Aaron, going to London. And Aaron said, no, we're looking forward to going out and hanging out with uh, the locals. And it was completely the counter opposite of what the head coach had just said. And I said right then and there that there's a divisiveness there. And you can't win like that. And they didn't. We talked about that a lot. A lot. Uh, let's do this. Speaking of talking about it, they deserve to be talked about. The Milwaukee Admirals' 15 game win streak. Aaron Sims, The Voice, joins us next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: You got to hit it, man.
0: Welcome back. Bill Michaels show. We continue on on this Wednesday and uh, Valentine's Day, the love day. And if you have not fallen in love with the Milwaukee Admirals, oh my God, I don't know what you're waiting for. Holy mackerel. They are on a roll. 15, 15 in a row. And we now bring in the voice of the Milwaukee Admirals, Aaron Sims. Aaron, how you doing, man?
3: It is always great to talk to you, and I tell you what—it's how can it be bad, right? Like right? Valentine's Day, we haven't lost since December thirty-first. Like it, it, the sun's coming out. Like, yeah, it's it's beautiful, man.
0: I uh, I I now sit and watch as much as I can. I'm watching online. I'm watching uh, people that are going to the games. I'm seeing the crowds that have grown. There is an Admirals hockey-ism in the air, and uh, you, tell me right now, how are they doing this? Because I've seen uh, transactions where guys are going up to the big right. league team, they're coming back down, they've let some guys go, they've, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Now, we all know goal, guys between the pipes are the ones that win games a lot of the times, but my God, they're just playing incredible hockey, and they're, they're scoring almost at will.
3: Yeah. The goals are more than four a game, which is fantastic in hockey. And the goals allowed are less than two per game. So you're going to win a lot of games that way. Um, they're staying for the most part, the penalty kill has been great. It's over 90% during the, during this winning streak. Um, they just, they've just got this attitude. I, I, I don't know how to put a finger on it, but you know it when you see it kind of thing, right? Like, um, they they got Mark Del guys was a defenseman on this team, really good defenseman. He made his NHL debut this year and showed really well for the Nashville Predators. And he said we we found out it was nine and that we were closing in on a record. And he said we're going to break this record. We all to a man decided in the locker room that this is something we wanted to do. And now it's just contagious. Like guys are blocking shots, and it, and it, it isn't just in the first period or second period. It's through the whole game. In a 5-2 game last night against Chicago. Uh, they're all blocking shots at the end, doing all of these things. It seemed to be in hand, but they were doing everything they could till the final horn. And you don't necessarily get that. It, it's certainly a special time. And as you said, transactions, the Admirals just lost their top two scorers to Nashville to recall. Um, so, but other guys are getting the opportunity to step up and, you know, we haven't hit that wall. I, I anticipate somebody will hit the wall. Eventually, usually rookies do around this time of year. They haven't played this many games and and all of that, but, it hasn't happened yet, and, and maybe we're going to power through just because of the experience of, of the leadership group and how that's rubbed off on all these new guys.
0: What is it like? And you talked about everybody buying in and the energy level, but what is it like? I mean, it's got to be. I see guys coming to, to work in suits now, you know, which you never used to see on the continuum, you know? I mean, it's like this is. The, the, there is a, you, you know, every, every locker room that's ever won a championship, you always say there's something that brings it together. This has become like this business mentality, and they are on a mission now. It's not only to win and win the, the 14 and surpass the re- the, the record. But this is like the this is the mission statement now, you know? Yeah.
3: Yeah. And, you know, and it carries over from last season. The team made it to the Western Conference Finals and lost in six games to Coachella Valley. And, I mean, they went on a heck of a run. There's no doubt about that. Making it further than any team for the Admiral since 2006. So a lot of those guys had a taste of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. A lot of those guys had a taste of it. Uh, and they want more, I mean, and, you know, winning at whatever level, I mean, you, you can say the Stanley Cup is more important than the Calder Cup, and Calder Cup is more important than the Kelly Cup, and the Division One championship is more important than the Division Three championship, but it's all relative, I mean, if you're playing in that league, you want to win that league championship, whatever it may be, you're labeled a winner, that's going to help you get a job down the line somewhere along the way, and these guys understand that and winning the championship, there's only a couple of teams that win them every year, you know, NCAA, you know, division one, you've got one champion at whatever sports you're doing, you've got so on and so on. So to be, to have that chance at history and to go on a run like they did last year, uh, they felt that there was un- some unfinished business and they want to win. They they're out there. They want to win every game. They know it's not possible. And someday this streak is going to end, but, they're making sure that they're doing everything they can to keep this going as long as they possibly can. And it's, I mean, it's, it's really cool. And like you said, business-like um, last year, the goalies Devin Cooley and Yaroslav Eskarov were fantastic. And they had this cheer, you know, at the end of the game, they would kind of do this jump in the air, hip bump, kind of like they were slam dancing in 1979 somewhere. And Troy Grosnick comes in and he says, this is a business. We're going to treat this properly. So after a, after a game, the two goalies meet out there in the crease. And they give each other a nice hearty handshake and look in each other's eye, and, and that's it. Like, we got the deal done. Let's move on. And um, it is very businesslike, but at the same time, you can't do all of this unless you're having a lot of fun. And it kind of feeds one another, right? Winning is fun, and it's fun to win. So, uh, And, and yeah, if you're having fun, you're going to win. So it, it, it's working out great. Hey,
0: you, the one thing, and you keep it in the back of your mind, knowing that you're a feeder team, You keep looking at the big league team going, please don't screw this up, you know, because they can get guys at any point in time. You know, don't don't rip the chemistry apart by picking the wrong guy and pulling him out of this locker room, even though that's the aspiration of every player in that locker room. How intently is the eye right now of those in Nashville watching over the shoulder of what's going on here in Milwaukee?
3: No, they have to, right? I mean, that's their job, and and that's why the Admirals are here. We're a Triple A team, and we're here to help the National Hockey League club figure out what they have to do. So when players uh, become ripe, um, so to speak, they can be picked, and that's just the nature of the business. Now, that being said, and again, I've said this a few times, and I, I don't have any inside information, But I think the run that the team went on last year has proven to be invaluable for so many players in that organization, in in the Nashville Predators organization, that I think that Nashville is going to do its best um, to not blow this thing up in Milwaukee or blow up necessarily and, and try to keep it going as long as they can. They want to see a championship run. Um, Again, this is and maybe this is wishful thinking on my part. But I think, again, that winning attitude and growing up together and winning together, I think that means a lot when you can graduate three, four, five, six guys in the next couple of years to Nashville with that winning attitude and understand what it takes to win a championship because Nashville is obviously they're in the NHL. They want to win a Stanley Cup.
0: Uh, Which is my next question. So with Nashville and where they need talent, uh, how does that equate to what the minor league team down here has to offer, so to speak? And there is something, you're you're 100% correct, it's not an area that I even thought of, that you do want to keep that winning mentality together and you want to have that cultivate itself all the way up much like the brewers did years ago when they were bringing up guys from the olympic team and then they brought everybody up together and j.j hart and billy hall and 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 all those guys yeah so i that i completely get so when you when you when you look at that uh, you're right that it's a balance they want to keep it together but then again you can also you know say hey we need some of that talent right here right now so up next for the for the milwaukee admirals what do they got
3: uh when it comes to the schedule where they, the schedule well now they hit the road so they just they haven't been on the road for a month really they've had one whole, one road game and that was at chicago so the team has been in their own bets since the 14th when they got back from las vegas um so now it's a, a couple in winnipeg some odd times two o'clock face off on saturday two o'clock face off on a monday and then an 11 a.m game at chicago next thursday um and then finally back home the following saturday so Ah, uh, they've got three on the road. Uh, Winnipeg is a tough place to play, and uh, you know you always go in there, and you know something funky always happens, and it turns into a six-four game like it did the last time they played, and um, you just yeah, you never know. But but these guys, they just they they are. I mean, it's cliche, but they're one game at a time, and they're taking it one shift at a time, and all of this stuff, and. Um, now they've just got to get, get the, the guys who have come in, you know, Yusuf Parson is a guy who played much, much of last year in Nashville. Phil Tomasino's played much of this season in Nashville. They've come down and they were probably playing eight, nine minutes a night in Nashville. Last night they were both around 20 minutes and, and Phil hasn't seen that much ice time in a long time. So these guys got to get acclimated to all of that, get acclimated to getting their game together Building their confidence, which is a vague term, but they got to get that self-esteem and, and get right and and start to dominate at this level. Because once you start to get that consistency and the domination, um, that's that's when it's time to head back up and give it a whirl at the at the best level once again.
0: For the next five on the road before they come back home for a little bit of a stretch, uh, talk about Grossnick between the pipes because obviously the Brookfield native, everybody's kind of paying attention to him as well because he's from this area. But he's been fantastic, also. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he's such a winner, I and mean, it's so great. He's, he's he's 34 years old, and he gets it. And you know, you talk to him, and I say, I, you know, he says to me a couple of weeks ago, the most important stat for a goalie is wins. And I and I've likened him, and this is me being an old man, Bill, but I'm like he's Jack Morris. Like he, he'll give up three, but he ain't getting given up four.
2: Right.
0: Wayne
3: Gretzky said this about Grand Fuhr. Grand Fuhr would give up he'd give up four, but he'd come over to the bench and he said, guys, I might give up four, but I ain't giving up five. Right. And, and that's what Troy Grosnick has been. Um, you know, this last weekend, he, he had to step up. Yaroslav Eskarov got hit in the neck during pregame warm-ups. Troy wasn't supposed to play. He goes out uh, as, a, as a tired goaltender on Saturday night against Texas. The Admirals were not very good. Troy was brilliant. He cramps up in the third period. Um, we thought we were going to have to go with the emergency goaltender, which is our uh, assistant equipment manager. Um, (laughs) Troy Troy says, there's no way I'm coming out. Much like Jack Morris in the 1991 World Series, there's no way I'm coming out. He finishes the game. The Admirals win in a shootout 2-1, to and then Robin Zander and Rick Nielsen won him on stage with Cheap Trick after the game. So, I mean, that's a heck of a day for anybody. I told him that was my dream. He He said, yeah, that was my dad's dream too. And I'm like, oh, thanks for that. I appreciate that old man reference, but no, he's Troy. Troy's just a guy you want to win for. He gets it. He's, he's a, always been a popular teammate. He's popular in the community. He's the exactly the type of guy you want to play professional sports with.
0: You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because uh, when you talk about guys and doing everything they can to win, eventually a loss happens. And I, I was talking with right. a friend of mine a couple of days ago who was a high school football coach. And I said, you know, man, it's amazing the streak that they're on. And he said, because I said, well, how do you, you know, what do you start to do to prepare for the first loss? Because, you, you know, after that, you don't want to go into a losing streak. I mean. And he said, you don't talk about the loss. You handle it right. when it happens. He said, right now, you stay in the mentality of we're the best. We're going to continue to win. We're going to continue to do the right things. And we'll handle the loss when the loss hits, But I, which is a great mentality.
3: Exactly right. Yeah, Carl Taylor, the head coach, says that all the time. He's like, if we don't talk about it, it's not an issue. And and he's so right. And, and the other thing, too, is. Um, you know, with these recalls, it, maybe things are getting stagnant. You, get, you win 14 straight, maybe things are getting a little stagnant. The in players all every night and wondering if they're going to get called up. Well, now you have a few new faces in. So that shakes things up a little bit. So now you've got this new group, and you're trying to help them along because you want to keep it going, and those guys want to impress. So it, it kind of changes what's going on in the locker room just, just a little bit, just to get people a little off balance and not used to what's been going on for the last few weeks.
0: Aaron, great stuff. Appreciate it. Uh, love following them. Gr- best of luck because hopefully the streak just continues. But man, I cannot wait. It's like now the postseason can't get here fast enough. I, I, I can't I wait for it. So I'm anxious, man. I know. I
3: appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. We're looking forward to it.
0: All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. That's Aaron Sims, the voice of the Milwaukee Admirals, joining us for a couple of minutes. And 15 in a row they have won. And if you're not paying attention, Hopefully when they come back, they're still winning for the next five on the road. And, uh, man, uh, a week from Saturday, poof, should be a lot of fun if they're still winning, if they're still winning. Stay tuned. We got Brian Billick, the head coach uh, of the Baltimore Ravens in, in the uh, Super Bowl, night, uh, the uh, 35th Super Bowl. They get a win. And uh, he was the guy that was the head man at that particular point in time. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com for all that they have to offer. This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: You got to hit it, make it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it,
0: make it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Good to have you back, The Bill Michael Show. We continue on. We've got. The Super Bowl in the books, and now the offseason getting ready to get underway. And to talk more about it, great to see him last week, too, even though the golf game uh, wasn't a success because of the rain. But Brian Billick, uh, the Super Bowl-winning coach from the Baltimore Ravens, joining us on the hotline, brought to you by our friends at SignalRelief.com. That's SignalRelief.com. Coach, how you doing?
2: I am doing great. You survived Las Vegas.
0: Yeah, we did. Uh, We you you always walk away from Vegas going. I think I could have done a little bit more, but you know what? We had a great experience. Hopefully, you did too.
2: It did. It was a great time. The weather actually ended up being okay.
0: Yeah, it didn't. uh, By the end of the week, it was actually pretty good. So now, first of all, give me your impression of the game and kind of how things played out.
2: Phenomenal game. Uh, Obviously, uh, uh, the two teams. uh, I was surprised how well the defense has played in terms of, you know, who'd have thought that was going to be 10, 10 to three at half. Right. I mean, I don't know what the over under and what the betting was, but it couldn't have been that, Um, you know, and I've been doing a lot of radio shows since a lot of people are criticizing and questioning Shanahan and for, I don't know that that's legitimate Him deciding to go for it in overtime and taking the kick. They went the length of the field. And except for a, a penalty that put them behind the eight ball and made them settle for a field goal, they like would have scored and the game would have been over. Uh, so, uh, And then obviously, you know, Patrick Mahomes did his magic and what he normally does. You you, you knew you were in trouble when you were going to give it back to them and let them go the length of field and score. So great game, obviously. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, every, the most watched game, the most watched show in the history of television. So obviously everybody else enjoyed it too.
0: You know, the whole thing with Shanahan, I, I may not agree with his logic, but when players said, no, I didn't know what the rules were, it, ultimately, though, it's the head coach's decision. Uh, so, I mean, it was whether or not they knew what the rules were. I mean, it's kind of like it's the head coach that has to know it, understand it, and have a philosophy behind it. So it wasn't as big a yeah. deal to me as it might have been with other players or other people, right?
2: No, and I think people are making too much of it. If they, You know, I think what they were talking about was also they didn't realize that the quarters would have kept going. And so that when the clock was running down it really wasn't the end of the game it, they were just gone on to the next quarter so to speak um, and I'm sure they covered it uh, to me that was just kind of the players sometimes the players can get into a into a I confess he did it mode you know and yeah. and, uh, and and it's the you know fair enough you know you're gonna question the head coach and miss the team that went 12 and five came within a series of winning the Super Bowl, and, and now he's going to be criticized the entire offseason. So I don't know that that's fair.
0: I uh, I watch Patrick Mahomes and just I'm in awe as, as to what he's done. And everybody wants to get into the comparisons of him and Brady and such, and I don't want to go there. What I want to talk about is Brock Purdy. When Brock Purdy left the game, they had the lead. Uh, I, I don't look at Brock Purdy as some kind of a failure this season, as some others might be looking at him as a game manager. I thought he played his ass off.
2: He did, and 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 again, not, if not for the for the penalty, and if indeed they would have scored in that first possession, we'd be sitting here talking about how brilliant is Kyle Shanahan and what a great job Brock Purdy did. Uh, he did do a great job, uh, and but then you know the, the the problem was you let Patrick Mahomes do what he did, and not only throwing the ball, but but his his sixty six yards at critical times on third down is really what was the killer that kept those two drives in particular alive. So, you know, and and it's not fair, but it's going to be that way. Purdy's going to be compared to whoever he plays against. Mahomes was brilliant. Brock Purdy was good enough to win a Super Bowl.
0: I uh, Now that the offseason begins, and you, you've won a Super Bowl, so you know what it takes to get back to one. Are you kind of in on what Andy Reid's been able to do with him and Patrick? Well, I mean, when you have a great quarterback or a great defense or what have you, how tough is it to keep it all together and keep it on the track and do it year in and year out?
2: It is, because people always talk how difficult it is. You know, Now we're talking about three-peat. How difficult is it going to be a three-peat? Well, how difficult is it just to get one? And, and, and Andy's done a phenomenal job in adjusting not only – Adjusting and platforming. You think about what they were doing when they had Alex Smith as their quarterback. Then they get Patrick Mahomes, have to change fundamentally what they're doing, different on offense. And then last year, because they don't have Tariq Hill, they had to change again and and base it more on more running with uh, Isaiah Pacheco, more physical running attack to go with an improved defense. So their ability to adjust to whatever personnel they have, which is really the key to coaching. Uh, you know, cause they've gotten outstanding personnel, which is obviously a big part of it, but you have to give them great credit for the way they've adjusted that they're changing personnel.
0: I want to talk to you now about the off season. There's a lot of teams with a lot of decisions to make and obviously here in, in our parts, you look at a guy like uh, Jordan Love and what he did down the stretch. Once, like, if you're a defensive-minded coach and now you see that the Packers are on your schedule, are you combing through all the film this offseason to kind of see if now that Jordan Love has a full year on film that there's tendencies, things that he's going to have to overcome?
2: Yeah, there's certain thing. You've got a little bit more of a book on him to see what he does. Uh, you still got to stop it. So it's not like there's going to be, okay, now we'll figure it out and he, he won't play well. Uh, that's not, the, that's not the case. Uh, so impressive what he did the latter part of the season. And, and he gotta, to, gotta to be the exciting thing for, for the Packers is that's their beginning point. Now, you know, they had to come into last year and say, okay, let's, let's see what we can do. Let's see what he could do. Let's see how we, uh, evolve as we go through the course of the season. And they did well now they've done that. And so now they've got an entire season and enough. You talk about teams being able to look at, at Jordan Love and say, okay, this is what he does. Well, the Packers get to do that now too. And instead of an entire offseason guessing and speculating and saying, okay, well, let's let's set, let's try this, let's try that, now you can spend an entire off season putting play, things in place, not only with personnel but with structure, because you know he can do those things. So it's 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 got to be an exciting time for the Packers right
0: now. We were sitting here talking about the NFL as a whole and some of the bigger offseason stories that we might delve into. And obviously, with Chicago having the number one overall pick and the possibility of trading Justin Fields, that's a big story. Maybe to whom they trade him to more so than anything. But it, are there certain I, – I personally think that Harbaugh very quietly going over to the Chargers, maybe making Justin Herbert a lot better – I, I keep telling people that, keep your eye on that because he's had success. You know whether you like him or hate him, he's had success. Is that should that be one of the bigger stories this off for the NFL uh,
2: about Jim Harbaugh and going? Yeah, to, just to, to, yeah, going oh, to the absolutely. Chargers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the guy is a proven winner. You can't you can't every place he's been, and and he'll bring that mentality to the Chargers. And he begins with one hell of a quarterback. And certainly will know how to wrap around whatever they need to do with that. So, I, yeah, I think, I think that will be a big story. I think will be justified optimism um, in a division that now has who you've just been talking about, the, the, the new goat in Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, so that's, that's a pretty good division not, right now, notwithstanding what's going to go on in Las Vegas and, and, uh, and what they're doing. So this, this is, this is going to be very, very interesting, but I think, It's warranted optimism because Jim Harbaugh has shown time and time again he knows what he's doing.
0: Arthur Blank came out and said that Bill Belichick did not make demands on the organization and wasn't uh, difficult to work with. It just didn't seem like it was the right fit. With a guy like Bill Belichick that's sitting out there, are there some high-profile coaches that if they don't win and win fast that they should be looking over their shoulders, do you think? I mean, you always are as a head coach because the old adage is you're hired to be fired. But with him sitting there, should people be worried?
2: Uh, no more than they ever going to be worried anyway. They're not going to know. Yes. Yeah. The answer is yes. And the fact that he's going to be there and and for people to process it for a year now, uh, and, and to know that that is an option, um, uh, compared to, you know, okay, well, how does the year progress and who are the other hot candidates and who might we look at to know that, that, that is clearly an option sitting there waiting for you at the end of the season, um, certainly there's going to be a lot of teams that are very much aware of that and may indeed have that in mind as they move forward with their head coach.
0: When I think right now the best division in football is you've got the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Bengals, and Cleveland Browns. Obviously all of those teams over 500 this season, but I, I am still amazed at what Mike Tomlin is able to do. He's got a good defense. He's got some good players in T.J. Watt and company, but they're a team that's looking for a quarterback. I just keep waiting to see what he's going to do next once he does get that quarterback because I think he's one of the best coaches in the National Football League. But his time, as people have pointed out, if he doesn't win again this season, that I, he may be out of a job. But, I, God, what a, what a terrific division that is led by that guy.
2: It is because you know when you rank the divisions, what you're really doing is ranking the quarterbacks. And like you said, you have the MV current, you know, reigning MVP and Lamar Jackson coming back, a uh, Deshaun Watson in in Cleveland, who I think now that they've uh, conceivably gotten through all the stuff that you know him coming in and the off the field, and then last year with the injury, and still fought their way through it um, uh, to be be able to begin now with Deshaun, Deshaun Foster going forward. Um, they're going to be a pretty good football team. And then you got now a, a healthy Joe Burrow coming back in Cincinnati. So it is a hell of a division. You're right. They, they need to find the quarterback deal because Tom is going to get that kind of criticism. And he came in, he took over Ben Roethlisberger, phenomenally successful with it. Um, and, but, but then Ro- Roethlisberger's left and they're still searching. So, you know, for that, that productivity. And at some point that's got to show up. He's got to show that they can find a quarterback, be successful. So he's going to feel that pressure.
0: Coach, uh, before I let you go, i got to talk about Signal Relief. And I, I told you when I was out uh, in Vegas, I, I put it on my my back, and oh, my God, it, it's true. Uh, the pain did go away, and people started looking into this and ordering this. And you can go to SignalRelief.com, and if you put in the promo code COACH, you get 20% off. But talk about the product.
2: Yeah, it's the real deal. The thing I like about it is it's, it's a standalone patch. There's no goo, no ointment. This is not a TENS unit, not an icy patch. You don't plug anything in. It works with the electrical signal in your body, which is great, which means it's all natural. And as you have found out, yeah, it it really does mitigate that pain. So that allows you to do the other things, to work the joints and muscles, because that's where the real rehab comes from. It allows you to work through that pain. The more you do, the better you feel. The better you feel, the more you do. Uh, And the fact that you can put it where you need it. Uh, Again, I walked 18 holes of golf yesterday, so that thing's going on my lower back makes a huge difference allowing me to go on and do the additional things. So people need to check this out at Signal Relief. They need to go to signalrelief.com and just look at some of the videos as how this came about, and how it was developed. It's amazing, makes absolute sense and the fact that it works with your body, it is reusable, you put it where you need it. It's a 100% money back guarantee. People need to check it out.
0: Great stuff as always coach. We appreciate it. We will talk again real soon. Take care until then, okay? We will do it. Appreciate it, bud. Talk to you soon. There you go. The head coach, uh, Super Bowl thirty-five winning head coach of uh, the Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens and company, that's Brian Billick, uh, giving us a little bit of a breakdown as to kind of the uh, the offseason, so to speak. Hey, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. But when we come back, um, there's been a change, apparently. i got to check it to make sure, but there's been a change. We'll tell you what's going on. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network, Bill Michaels show on this Wednesday. Enjoying our day. A little bit of sunshine, a little warmer. Although the cold is coming back. That's okay. Kind of deserve it. Um, The Badgers uh, not only won last night, but uh, Chris Holtman out of a job, the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes, has been fired. He has been let go, so the trip into the Kohl Center not only cost them uh, another loss, but it cost him his job. And, there, as much as we have expectations uh, here in Wisconsin, there are expectations there as well. And they have been consistent in just not being able to hold on for a long period of time to good coaches and good players. And they'll make a run and then they fall apart, and then they'll make a run and then they fall apart. And they just have not been able to have that consistency that uh, the football team has had. And so now they're on a search again for yet another head coach. And. It is tough at uh, some schools to live in the shadow of a program, uh, which is why the basketball program, with the success that they have had with the football program, has been so remarkable because you don't normally find a lot of institutions that have success in both. But going back to when Bo was here, and certainly Greg has had some success, uh, not to the same level, but it's tough when a lot of the, the – the eyes are on one program and not on the other and i mean here we even you know we get excited about the men's and women's hockey program so you, you got to live up to that standard but uh, at ohio state uh, you know they their 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 hockey program's been okay but their their baseball team and eh, you, you know some of the uh, other sports have not been stellar but the basketball program has it's had way too many ebbs and flows and holtman the latest to uh, to go so there you go uh 877-867-1670 877-867-1670 after they took one on the chin last night um I I found it interesting when coach Billick uh, who was talking about how hard it is to repeat and then the respect that he has for Andy Reid he said look it's hard to win one <laughs> you know and, and what they're doing is remarkable now if they win next year Grant, if they win next year, do we then automatically say what they're doing is better than what Belichick and Brady did? Because Belichick and Brady won six together over, you know, a couple of decades, period of time, decade and a half period of time. But if they win their fourth in what, six, seven years, do we look at that and just go, that that's, that's the best all-time, that's the best run all-time? Now, short of maybe you know, Lombardi winning championships with Bart Starr before they got into the Super Bowl you know, era, so to speak. Do we I, look at that and go, that's the best? I think this is already the most impressive five-year run that any
1: team has had. Now, if you expand out to a, an entire career between a head coach and a quarterback, the Patriots and Brady and Belichick still have them. But if, if we're breaking it up in like this five-year run with this iteration of this team... I are I already think that the, this little run, this five year window that they've been in is better than anything the Patriots did. If they were to win yeah. three in a row, then that would totally cement
0: it. You're correct. Yeah, it's it's just a remarkable. I mean, the fact that the head coach and the quarterback are doing commercials together. You know, it's it's just you know, I don't think you'd ever see Belichick and Brady doing commercials together. You know what I mean? I mean, I I get it, it's a different, you know, different time. But wow, I mean, just the, the if, if they do it again, I don't even know what to say. I mean, first of all, I think uh, the anti chiefs mentality may take over. Unless it's say against the Cowboys, then everybody would love to hate the Cowboys or something. But I, I just uh, it, what what they're it's almost unfathomable to think of that they would win yet another Super Bowl. Which is I, I probably why we talked about this the other day. Why they're not the favorites coming out of Vegas right now to win the Super Bowl. They can still get there, but I don't know if they're going to win it. But just you know, you've got. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and their head coach, Andy Reid, all doing commercials for the same company, doing them together, so to speak, and yet they still have that relationship on the field to where they're winning championships. And basically Andy Reid said, hey, Spags, go do this. It's it just the whole setup there is just remarkable, just remarkable. 877 1670 1670 uh, if you want to hit us up please feel free go ahead and do so. Uh go over to the uh go to the live stream. Isn't it odd how hard it is for a school to have more than one really good sports team? It's rarely happens in the same year. Uh fan. when I was there it was uh god it was Eldon Miller. Was the head coach. Eldon Miller was the head coach back then. And the basketball team was okay, but it wasn't you know for for a few years it wasn't wasn't that good to be honest with you. So um, this is from, who's this from? This is Jackie who says, uh, I loved what he had to say about Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League next year. He's going to burst onto the scene. I just hope he doesn't lose that gracious attitude that he has right now. He is very well-spoken and I like where his head is and appreciate the email. Um, I don't know. He is like, when we talked about this, when he was sitting down at the table with us, that he has become more comfortable with himself in front of the cameras, in front of the microphones. Um, It's not overwhelmingly polished, and it probably will be in a couple years, you know, but from where he was to where he is, he's just, it takes a while for anybody to just completely embrace the stature that they have as they begin to ascend. It takes you a while to figure it out. Everybody's different. Rogers was an intellect and very well spoken. Favre was Favre was a good old boy, you know. He just was a Southern guy that just loved to play football. Didn't care about anything else, you know. Loved a, loved the lifestyle and the partying and all that kind of stuff that came with it. Where Jordan Love is still humble. Uh, he's understanding that he's ascending. Obviously, the requests I'm sure are magnanimous at this point for him to speak and be heard. Uh, everything now is being analyzed. And I, it's funny because we were talking about this on Wednesdays. It used to be writers and reporters and ESPN and everybody else um, that they would say, well, you know, every Wednesday, Rogers had something to say. You know, Rogers was the guy. He was going to give you a soundbite. He was going to give everybody something that they were going to talk about him for the rest of the week. Right? And it's not that way with Jordan Love. And not that it's a bad thing. It's just it's not that way. He's not going to be the the. I I don't want to degrade him because I'm not. I'm giving him praise. He's not going to be the the. He's not going to say something to make everybody go. Oh wait a minute, you know, relax or you know whatever. He's he just he's just a he's just a guy, and I, I think there's a charm to that. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael's show. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. We'll be back right after this.